Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. Wait a second. This is not another episode of Success Through Failure. This is episode 400. Episode 400 of Success Through Failure. I've spoken into this microphone 400 times. It's crazy to think this. I just kind of hit pause and, and posted a video on social media reflecting on 400 episodes of Success Through Failure. And I posted the first one back on May 1st, 2015. That was six months after my TEDx talk that I gave, which was titled Why I Teach My Children to Fail, which was really the genesis of the Success Through Failure podcast. And since then, I've you know, published 400 episodes. This is episode 400. And, you know, a lot of those have been interview episodes and a lot of those have been solo episodes, actually probably more interview because at the beginning I was doing mostly interview episodes in the last couple hundred episodes, which is crazy to say, just the last couple hundred. Uh, the last couple hundred episodes of weekly episodes have been kind of a split between solo episodes and interviews. But some of the interviews that I've had on over the years because of you, because you're listening. And I can tell these guests, hey, we've got a great listenership, a great audience, and they say yes. And here's a short list of some of the bigger names that have been on the podcast. Gregory McEwen. He wrote the New York Times bestsellers, Essentialism and Effortless. Uh, Robert O'Neill. He's the guy who pulled the trigger and shot and killed Osama bin Laden. Joe Pistone, a.k.a. Donnie Brasco, amazing book, amazing movie on the true story of Joe Pistone, the FBI agent who infiltrated the mafia and brought them down. Uh, Devin Harris, he's the captain of the Jamaican bobsled team in you know, the movie that was made about him and his teammates. Lindsay Shoup, Olympic gold medalist. Michael Easter, author of The Comfort Crisis. Jay Abraham, the business guru. Jack Canfield, you know, he was the chicken soup for the soul author and just a personal development guru. Uh, Dean Carnassus, he's the godfather of endurance racing. Joe DeSena, the CEO of Spartan Races. Bob Berg, the author of the Go-Giver series. Rich Roll, Rich is, I guess, internet famous for the most part. Ken Blanchard, he's one of the original influencers. He wrote The One Minute Manager and he wrote like 60 books with a lot of the big names in, in business and titans of industry. Ken Blanchard is kind of a household name in that world. Cal Newport, uh, Stephen Pressfield, Cody Lundin. He was on Discovery Channel's Dual Survivor. He was one of the main guys on there. Pretty amazing. Uh, Tim Ferriss. How can I forget Tim? Tim Ferriss, right? Five-time New York Times bestseller. Bob Bowlesby. He's the commissioner of the Big 12. Russell Brunson, Uber entrepreneur. Like, not Uber the company, but like an amazing entrepreneur. Uh, John Jantz, one of the small business gurus of the world. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, the the former professional wrestler, uh, John Gordon, who's authored tons of Wall Street Journal bestselling books. And you, you know, if you're a listener to this show, you probably have heard of John Gordon. David Allen, the originator of the GTD, getting things done method. Uh, Tony Horton, who's kind of one of the, the fitness gurus. He's certainly internet famous, but he was famous before the internet was a big thing. And he's kind of behind P90X, sold over a billion dollars of fitness products. Anyway, on and on, I could go keep going. Thank you for making this show what it is. Thank you for listening. 400 episodes. I'm just blown away. And what I'm going to do today is give you a breakdown of the biggest lessons, the biggest takeaways that I learned that I want to share with you from these past 100 episodes. 
I did this at episode 300. So if you want to go back and listen to episode 300, you will get another great episode of really crystallized, dense material shared in one episode. What I'm going to do today, I've identified six different episodes where these lessons were shared. I'm going to share with you clips directly from the interviewee and break down those lessons for you so that you can get a ton out of this episode. If you enjoy Success Through Failure, first of all, make sure you're subscribed and in any and every platform that you're listening on. Ratings and reviews help a ton. The biggest thing is really when you share this with a friend. Tell a friend that you are listening to Success Through Failure or you heard this great story and tell them about the podcast. That's really the best way that these things grow. So thank you for that. Thank you for any social media shares. For those of you who shared the pinned posts on my social media profiles, you've been entered into the drawing to win the first ever Success Repelier t-shirts. So thank you for that. Thank you for engaging. Make sure you reach out to me, connect with me. Let me know what you like about the podcast. Let me know what you don't like. I want to make this thing even better as we grow towards 500 episodes. All right, so let's get into it. The three biggest lessons from the past 100 episodes of Success Through Failure. All right, here are the three lessons. Then I'm going to break each of these down. I'm going to bring in clips from the actual audio clips from those episodes so you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth. All right, the first lesson is about doing hard things. And we really get some great insights from Dean Carnassus. He's one of the godfathers of ultramarathoning. And that was in episode 311. Uh, and then Michael Easter is the second clip around doing hard things. Michael Easter, episode 312. Don't feel like you have to remember all of this. Go to jimharshajr.com slash action. You know, you get access to the PDF here. But also, if you're subscribed to my email list, you're just going to get this right in your inbox. So every Monday, I send all of this out, all of these links, all of the quotes, all that stuff gets just dropped right into your inbox. You don't even have to go find it. It'll be right there for you waiting on Monday mornings. All right, so that's the first lesson, doing hard things. The second one is around leadership. And I interviewed Kenny Thomas. He's an Army Ranger, Black Hawk Down. If you heard that movie, the book, amazing book. The movie's amazing as well. That was episode 333. Kenny was an Army Ranger on the ground in the battle for Mogadishu. And he shares an amazing leadership lesson, as does Frank Schwartz, aka Dark Helmet with F3 and F3 Nation. For my F3 brothers out there listening, you're going to love this one. I interviewed him in episode 360. And F3 is Fitness Fellowship and Faith. It's a national men's workout group it is kind of the, the short way to explain it. But it's so much more than that. I'm a huge fan. I'm actually on the advisory council for the F3 Nation Foundation. Quick interruption. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to learn how you can implement this into your life, just go to jimharshajr.com slash apply to see how you can get a free one-on-one -on -one coaching session with me. That's jimharshajr.com slash apply. Now back to the show. All right. Lesson one, doing hard things. Lesson two, leadership. Lesson three is on the mindset of a winner after a setback or something you regret. All right. We're going to talk with I'm going to bring in a clip from Michael Chandler, episode 323. Michael's one of the biggest names in the UFC right now, uh, as well as Lindsay Shoup. Lindsay was an Olympic gold medalist rower. That was episode 320. All right, three lessons. Here we go. Number one, doing hard things. Number two, leadership. Number three, mindset of a winner after a failure, setback, or regret. All right, first lesson. Here we go. Dean Carnassus talks about doing hard things. This is about the willingness to put yourself into situations where you're really 
physically challenged. And there's no better person than one of the most successful ultra marathoners of all time in the world, in the, in the history of sport. A little bit about who Dean Carnassus is. Again, this was episode 311. He was named by Time Magazine as one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Get that. One of the 100 most influential people in the world. He's run 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 consecutive days. He's run across Death Valley and run a marathon uh, to the South Pole. He's completed and won the world's hardest foot race, the Badwater, Badwater Ultra Marathon. He's an SB winner. He served as a, an athlete ambassador overseas for sports diplomacy and in Central Asia and South America. He's carried the Olympic torch. I mean, New York Times bestseller, you name it. This is Dean Carnassus. Okay, here's a clip from Dean about doing hard things. I think we feel very contained by the life we're living these days. It's very structured and cultivated, if you will. And at heart, we're wild animals. <laughs> you know, I mean, what do we want to do? Uh, and what we actually do are two different things. So, you know, to me, being kind of a feral beast, being an animal again, although I'm not hunting down prey, but I'm in a way still pushing my body in that same sort of way. There's something very animalistic and very pure to who we are as a species. I love when Dean talks about being a feral beast and that being pure to who we are as a species. And I, I love that. I Just this morning, I did a Murph workout. If you know what a Murph is, then you know how hard that is. I didn't do it. I did it with 14 pounds on, not the full 20 weighted vest. Not everybody does it with weighted vest, but it is the proper Murph is to do that with a weighted vest. It's a one mile run. Then you do a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then another one mile run. You do that for time. And you know, a, lot, a lot of times folks will do it like I do is breaking up the pull-ups, push-ups, and squats into 5, 10, 15, 20 rounds of that. Anyway, I did a hard thing, and I love that. I love that, just pushing yourself to the brink, and that's really what Dean Carnassus is talking about. Now, let's go to the next episode where, again, same lesson, the first lesson here. We're still talking about doing hard things, and this is my interview with Michael Easter, and he gets a little bit more specific about what is a hard thing that you can do, all right? And he talks about a specific thing that he learned during the research for his book called The Comfort Crisis. It's an amazing book. Absolutely. Just highly recommend it. He was all over all the, all the big podcasts and talk shows, et cetera, talking about this book when it came out because it really resonated with people. So let's hear from Michael Easter about his philosophy on doing hard things and a specific thing that you can do. And this is going to be custom and different for everybody. So here you go, Michael Easter. What is that? So he, to get to that, he does this thing called Masogi. And the idea is that once a year, I'm going to do something really, really freaking hard outside. And there's only two rules. One, it's got to be really hard. And he defines that by saying you should have a 50-50 shot of finishing it. Number two is that you can't die. That one's pretty straightforward, right? So back to our conversation that we just were talking about with the challenges that we used to face in our past lives. It's like we used to have to do these things. And each time we would accomplish something really challenging in our outdoor environments, we would learn something about ourselves and our potential. You know, we would think, I don't know if I can do this, but we would kind of keep going past what we thought was our edge. And then we could look back and be like, oh man, here I am. What I thought was my edge is back there. What else in my life am I selling myself short on? Right? So Masogi is sort of mimicking that same idea by choosing something that is really hard, maybe beyond your capability, 
you're going to get to that point where you think you're going to have to quit. Like, I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to stop doing whatever I'm doing. But then you keep going and you have that realization where you realize you were kind of selling yourself short and that you're a lot more capable than you ever thought you were. So the, some of the things that these people will do, they've done things like they hadn't really stand up paddleboarded much and they decide they're going to stand up paddleboard across the Santa Barbara channel. It's like 25 miles. It took them like eight hours, but it was like by focusing on that next perfect stroke, it's like, okay, we're still going, we're still going. And then they, you look back and all of a sudden you've crossed an entire ocean, right? And then they can take that into their normal life and they can be better for it. It sort of reframes the idea of once you've done something like that, you maybe get in front of that presentation that you have to give to your office. It doesn't seem as much of a big deal anymore. You're just kind of like, oh yeah, I was, I've accomplished this totally other thing and learned a lot about myself. I, I realize now that I have this gear on board that I didn't realize was there because the thing about modern life is it's great. It's comfortable but we're never forced into these positions where we learn and can see and experience. I can do way more than I ever thought possible. We don't have these challenges anymore. They're not built into our daily lives. Like it was for our ancestors. And there's so much value in those things have gotten really easy physically in this world for, you know, most of us in the sense that, you know, we have, air conditioning in the summer and, and heat in the winter. We can go to the grocery store and buy food. We don't have to go out and hunt it. There's so many things that make our lives easy. When I was coaching wrestling, I would always tell my wrestlers, mental toughness is learned. You don't become mentally tough without doing tough things. And I've always, if you ask any of my kids, how do you get tough? They will tell you by doing tough things. How do you get tough? By doing tough things. A misogi which Mike was talking about in that episode, is one of those tough things. Something that's really hard, tests you, pushes your limits. I had a little bit of a misogi this morning. I'm always trying to break my record and push myself. Certainly not a true misogi in the sense that I didn't think there was a 50-50 chance of me actually succeeding. I knew I was going to do it, but it's that test, that toughness, that doing something hard that builds mental toughness, fortitude, and strength that carries over into other areas of your lives. Okay. So that was the first lesson. I told you there's three lessons I shared with you. The first lesson, and that was about doing hard things with Dean Carnassus and Michael Easter, episodes 311 and coincidentally 312. Those were back to back. All right, let's get into the second of three lessons. And this one is on leadership. And there, boy, I don't know if there's any better episode that I've recorded on leadership. And I've recorded a lot of them. This one is from Kenny Thomas. Kenny Thomas, like I said, he was an army ranger in the battle for Mogadishu, the movie Black Hawk Down, the book Black Hawk Down, incredible, incredible story of you know warriors who just endured the unthinkable, the absolute unthinkable. And Kenny was there. And this is one of the leadership lessons that he shared with us in episode 333 of the Success Through Failure podcast. All right, here we go. Kenny Thomas. Everything that we do in the Rangers was about leading others. So the ranger motto is rangers lead the way. They never told you that that's a rank. It's not a title and it's not a position. It's the example you set for the people you serve. And we all serve somebody. And you learn very quickly that the people you're serving are the men and women on your left and your right. And as we get into the story, and I'll tell you stories about super soldiers that were Delta Force operators that were your, your army 
elite, like your Pro Bowl, all-star, gold medal Olympians, that their skill sets and the training that they had and their worth as soldiers and athletes, basically, it wasn't so that they could up their contract at the next free agent draft. It was in the service of others. In the service of others. Leadership is in the service of others. So many leaders approach leadership with it being about them, right? And about, you know, listen to me, look at what I'm doing, follow me, as opposed to shifting your mindset to being in the service of others. Because when you do that, you still get all those things you want, but people are more bought in, people are more likely to follow you, and people come into leadership with a totally different mindset oftentimes around what it means to be a leader. But my goodness, what a great lesson from a guy, you know, boots on the ground who learned exactly what leadership means in the hardest, toughest of situations that I can possibly imagine. All right. So that was 333 with Kenny Thomas. Let's go to episode 360, Frank Schwartz. Again, we're sticking with the topic, the second of three topics, this one still being about leadership. And this is about reframing our choices, what we consider good choices or bad choices. This was with Frank Schwartz, aka Dark Helmet, the president of F3 Nation. Okay, here we go. I'm willing to accept that you made a choice that was non-missional. But I don't know that I'm willing to accept that you made a bad choice. I think the only bad choice is if you're making a choice solely to serve yourself. That's a bad choice. If you're doing something and you are either abusing your power or exploiting another person or something like that so that you can serve yourself, that's a bad choice. Usually, we don't make bad choices. We just make non-missional choices. We make what we thought was a good choice, what we wanted it to be a good choice, but it just turned out that it wasn't to the advantage of the mission. So, okay, that's easy. You know, that, then we don't have to wallow in our self-pity and our self-guilt saying how horrible we are because we're bad. You know, we made these bad decisions or whatever, right? No, we just made a decision that was, that drew us off the path a little bit. And that's okay. That's easily correctable. And we just, you know, we got to put ourselves back on the path. But again, that's part of why, as I referenced before, you've got to have more than just you figuring that out. You know, I don't, I don't always know if it's a, a decision that's non-missional or, you know, I, I, <laughs> sometimes I think it is, but I need somebody else over my shoulder going, uh, help me explain that one to me again. Help me again with how that, uh, how that completes what we're trying to do here. What Frank is talking about there is the fact that leaders get put into positions where you're constantly making choices. You're constantly making decisions. And sometimes you're going to make the wrong choice. Is it a bad choice? Maybe it was non-missional. Maybe not. Right? This is about identifying really, you know, did I make a choice where I made a bad choice? I was doing the wrong thing and, and a, a, a choice that was, that was hurting others or like he said, exploiting others? Or was it just a non-missional choice? Did I made a, a, what I thought was a good choice with the information that I had at that time? Listen, as a leader, you're not going to make the right choice all of the time. And this helps you really reframe the fact that you're going to make choices that are missional and non-missional. All right. Great stuff by my friend, Frank Schwartz there, aka Dark Helmet from F3. All right. So I told you there are three lessons. We've gone through the first two already. The first one was about doing hard things. We heard from Dean Carnassus and Michael Easter. The second one was about leadership, and we heard from Kenny Thomas and Frank Schwartz. Now for the third one. This is about the mindset of a winner after failure. 
right? Success through failure. The mindset of a champion, of a winner. One of these is an Olympic gold medalist, and the other one is one of the top UFC fighters in the world, former Division One NCAA Division One All-American wrestler. So Lindsey Shoup is the Olympic gold medalist rower, and Michael Chandler is the UFC fighter. Okay, let's get into what Lindsey talked about in episode 320. All right, when I interviewed Lindsey, she read a piece of her journal. This is an act, actually a journal entry that she wrote when she was at the University of Virginia, my alma mater. She actually showed up at UVA as a volleyball player, quit the team, got extremely out of shape. She actually talks about how she ran a 5K and she got passed by a speedwalker, like an elderly speedwalker. It's hilarious, actually. But she was really in a, in a deep, dark place. And she wrote in her journal this. She wrote, quote, I wish I were not a lazy bum. Then I may have been something, but the world will never know. We talked about that journal entry and I said to Lindsay, I said, what do you say to a person who has regret, right? And, and they feel like it's too late for them. How do you talk to that person? And, and this is her response. Being willing to let go of that regret, you know, like that was my regret point was, gosh, if only I'd ever, if I'd done this before, you know, like I wish I'd done this before. We, you can't control time. You can't control the past. You can't control other people, but you can decide how you want to feel at the end of the day and the way that you want to emotionally live your life and go, okay, what do I need to do to be able to live that way? Lindsay is an absolutely incredible human being. What an amazing story. Again, episode 320, a lot of wisdom shared there. Okay, let's go to three episodes later. I had Michael Chandler on. And we're sticking with the theme of dealing with failure, dealing with regret, dealing with a loss. And this is a guy who is much or more than anybody who I know or have interacted with really, really works hard on the mind. I mean, he really focuses on the mindset work. And this is the thing that, that most people forget about. And, and he actually, he tells a story here after a loss and how he's handled it in the past and how he handles it now. And he relates it to you, the listener, and how you can handle life after a loss, right? Whether that loss is you screwed something up at work or a relationship issue, uh, or some kind of setback in, in your personal or professional life. Okay, so this is Michael Chandler, episode 323. Here we go. Here's a, a clip from that episode. Would I have wanted to win? Absolutely. Do I wish I could go back and win that fight? Absolutely. But it's the comeback stories that really move people, you know? So now it's set me up for that. I made a couple mistakes a couple of years ago when in 2013, I was undefeated or 11 and 0 going into my 12th fight. And I lost that first fight of my entire career. And I made a couple mistakes, which mentally brought me down into a downward spiral, which led to two more consecutive losses. And I made three big mistakes. Number one is that I wanted to hide from the loss. Number two, I had skill amnesia. I somehow forgot how good I was. And number three, I found myself inside a jail cell of, of self pity. And people were calling me the biggest news outlets in the mixed martial arts media landscape was calling me the world MMA awards were calling me. They wanted me to present an award in front of a ton of people. And, and it was broadcasted live on TV. I said, no, I wanted to hide from the loss. I was embarrassed. I wanted to hide. I wanted to crawl under the sheets and have nobody talk to me for weeks and weeks, which that is one of the most devastating places you can find yourself after a setback or a loss is sitting there between your four walls, just listening to the critic within yourself. And then the second mistake I made was that I had skill amnesia. All of a sudden I forgot how good I was all of a sudden because of that loss, 
I thought in my mind that I lost all of these different attributes when really I was just as big, fast, strong, powerful, dominant, violent, cardio was on point, hands were on point, all of the different physical attributes I still had. The only thing I was lacking was the battle between the ears. And then I really found myself in that self-pity jail cell where I started blaming other people. If it wasn't for the judge, that one judge, if he would have given it to me, I would have won the split decision and I wouldn't have you know, lost those other fights. If it wasn't for the ref who made this decision or if you know, my training situation, my coaches, the this. And, and I see it in so many different times now when I'm watching other people as they have setbacks, not just in sports, but in business and in, in finance and in their relationships. I see these different things, these different themes playing out all the time. And I'm able to recognize them. So after this, with that last loss, I tried my hardest to stay away from those three things. As a matter of fact, I got back from Houston on Sunday. I was doing a podcast on Monday and I did another podcast. I actually broke down my fight on a huge YouTube channel that has almost a million followers because I I wanted people to see me right away. I wanted them to see the black eye. I wanted them to feel what I was going through because by them going through it with me, it was very much a selfish thing for me too. I knew I needed to do that for me to get back on the horse. And because I did that and I ripped the bandaid off, you know, coming back from this loss has mentally, I'm in so much of a better place. Maybe it's maturity. Maybe it's, you know, not making those mistakes that I made in the past, but that would be my three biggest pieces of advice. So after listening to that clip, I want you to think about how he, he actually referenced at one point, he said, after that, how that loss set him up for a great comeback story. So he's even thinking about it retroactively, like what a great opportunity that was for me. And when you start doing that, uh, I, I have an episode coming up with a guy named Daniel Mangina, who, who really goes into to depth about this. And it's about when you look back at your life and you see the failures, you see the losses, you see the setbacks. And if you can actually look at the positive that came out of those, as you experience them today and moving forward, you will, you'll start changing your framework around thinking about failures and loss and setback. You can see his mind working here. He says, you just heard it. He said how this loss set him, set him up for a great comeback story. But he also talks about those mental mistakes and, and how he handles a loss. And do you have mental like skill amnesia? Right? He talked about how he had that and he recognized that and Now, the fact that he recognized that, he's voicing this out loud. I'm sure we, you and I, are not the first people to hear this. He's probably worked with uh, mindset coaches around this. He said this in his journal. He says this out loud, how these failures and setbacks are opportunities for growth and doesn't have skill amnesia anymore. How about you? Like, Can you think about all the the great things that you've accomplished and done in your life? There's an exercise that I do with our clients called the success log. And it's about, we could go back and we log all of their successes. And listen, we're not talking about people who are, are, are just totally down and out. We're talking about high performers who still get into the, the mindset gutter sometime. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're at the lowest point of your life right now. Maybe you're at the highest point of your life right now. And you want to go to yet another level. If you have doubt holding you back, if you forget some of your skills, the abilities, the, the reasons you have that you can succeed, Right? The unfair advantages that you have. Did you grow up rich? Great. That's an unfair advantage. Did you grow up poor? Great. That's an unfair advantage. Can you look at your life and your skills and your experiences as unfair advantages for you? And can you handle your next failure, your last failure? Can you go back and reframe that as an opportunity for you to reach yet another level to find even more success in your life? 
All right, that's it. I told you I was going to give you three different lessons. I gave you three lessons from six different world-class performers. We heard from Dean Carnassus, Michael Easter, Kenny Thomas, Frank Schwartz, Michael Chandler, Lindsay Shoup, world-class performers sharing wisdom from their hearts for you through this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like this, give it a share. Tell somebody else about it. Thank you for getting me to episode 400. I appreciate you. I work hard every week to bring you the best content. I shouldn't just say me. It's Michael. It's Pauline. It's Zainar. It's my entire team working hard to bring this content to you. Thank you for clicking play. I do not take your attention for granted. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you do for me and the shares and the likes and the ratings and the reviews. I look forward to interacting with you even more over the next 100, who knows, 1,000 episodes. I'm going to keep up the hard work on this end. Keep listening on your end. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app. If you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.